We thank God for our freedom, and we are a blessed people this morning. We are a blessed people this morning. Amen. I know that there are challenges in our nation, and I know that there are things that can be corrected and things that can be improved, but we are a free nation, and we give God the glory for that. Amen. I would like to turn your attention this morning to the book of Genesis, chapter 25. The book of Genesis, chapter 25. It's so good to be home. It's so good to see everyone. We love you all very, very much, and we miss you when we're not able to be here. And so it, there's no place like home. No place like home. And, and, and I'm blessed of the Lord to be able to preach in a lot of uh, different places and, and fill different pulpits. But there's no pulpit I'd rather preach in than the one that I'm preaching in right now. Amen. This is, this is a blessing from the Lord to be able to worship God with you and to see his face one glorious day with his people. Amen. Genesis chapter 25. We're going to read from the 21st verse. The word of the Lord simply says this. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. The children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? <laughs> and she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. By the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I would, like to, I would like to preach on this subject. Two nations are in you. Two nations are in you. Amen. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, you are the God of mercy and love. And you are here this morning. I thank you for what you are doing in this house. I thank you for every person that is here I thank you for the spirit of the Lord that has filled this place so beautifully and so deeply I pray that your word would go forth today with clarity oh God I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as your word goes forth that it will go forth to heal and to deliver set free hallelujah anyone that is in any kind of bondage we thank you for this. We give you praise and we ask for a divine anointing upon both messenger and congregation as we seek to know you more. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning in the name of the Lord. We are looking at one of the classic accounts of Scripture, one of the classic Bible accounts, Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau are the grandsons of probably, certainly, one of the most important figures in Scripture. His name is Abraham. Abraham is the patriarch of everything. 
It was Abraham who pleased God, believed in God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And so his grandsons now come into a profound inheritance, a powerful, powerful uh, inheritance, but not just inheritance, a spiritual heritage. And we come into the story at the very beginning of it all when Rebecca is carrying them in her womb. Now, Rebecca is one of those characters of the scripture who is, who is barren in her womb, unable to bear children. This is not uncommon throughout Israel's history. Seems like every generation there is a barren womb to contend with. And this is a people who have received promises from God that they will be multiplied like the stars in the heavens, like the sands of the sea. And yet one generation after the next has a barren womb that that actually makes God's promises impossible. But with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So Jacob and Esau are inside of Rebekah's womb. She was barren, but, but Isaac entreated the Lord on his wife's behalf and said, Lord, she is barren in her womb, and I entreat you that you would give her children in her womb. The Lord heard his prayer, granted Rebekah children in her womb. She carries those children And the Bible says that they struggled within her. There's like a war going on. Now, I'm not even going to pretend to know what I'm talking about. Because I don't. I remember putting my hand on my wife's uh, belly when she was carrying Anna and Sophia. And I thought, there were moments I thought, well, they're going to be soccer stars is what they're going to be. Martial artists, this is what I have in here. Because something begins to happen when that baby is ready to come forth into the world. Arms start stretching. Legs start kicking. Beginning to feel its way around their parameters. And the baby begins to let their presence be known. I'm I'm ready to join the party. And this was going, and it was a war. She, the Bible says it was, it was significant enough. It wasn't just like <clears throat> little kicks and punches every now and then. They were struggling against each other in the womb. You know, we just got back, as I said, from vacation. Anna and Sophia are the sweetest uh, girls you could ever meet, but they are sisters. <laughs> and it was a long road trip. And if you've ever had siblings yourself or if you've ever raised children uh, who have siblings one with another, then you know that not all goes as planned or pleasant. And there can be a little struggling every now and then. This was going on inside of Rebecca's womb. There was a struggle. Jacob and Esau were struggling against one another. And Rebecca said, all right, Lord, I, I wanted this and I prayed for this. But I'm starting to think maybe I bit off a little more than I could chew. 
And she said, what is going on inside of me? <clears throat> and the Lord said, that which is in you is perhaps bigger than what you realized. You're not just giving birth to babies. You're giving birth to nations. There are two nations inside of you. We don't really think of it that way any longer. Now that the world has populated to such a large degree, civilization has multiplied and multiplied and multiplied, we don't realize that when we give birth, that when we produce, that we are actually producing nations. That each person in this womb has been equipped by God with certain talents, skills, abilities, qualities, and that there will come from you, other people, whether by biological birth, adoption, or merely influence, who will take a part of you on with them. And more is created than what we even realize at the time. And, and Rebecca didn't know, but, but that this was more than just getting a little room ready for two cute little twin boys. But these were nations struggling to be born, vying for position. Now, we're celebrating tomorrow the, the birth of our nation. And, and it would be an understatement to say there was a little struggle that went on for our nation to be born. It took a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and more blood for this nation to be born. Same is true of when there is the birth of a child. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into the intensity of bringing forth a child and, of course, in bringing forth a nation. And Esau and Jacob were born, and they were born in that order, Esau and Jacob. The Lord told Rebekah while the struggle was going on. You know, Jacob was, trying to, Jacob was trying to put his feet in a particular part of the car, stretch out, and Esau was trying to put his feet in the same spot, started kicking at each other. Wait, no, no, I'm talking about the womb here. I'm not talking about vacation. Hold on now. Hold on. Let me get back to what I was talking about. <clears throat> and, 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 and the struggle was so intense that Rebecca began to, to wonder, what is it that's really going on in here? And God spoke to her and said, two nations are in your womb. One will be a stronger people than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. A very important principle for us to understand that the elder shall serve the younger. This is explaining a truth about Jesus Christ that we must understand. That, that those who came before Christ, those who were born before Christ, are subservient to him who would be born of a virgin. The elder will serve the younger. And so Esau came forth from the womb, and his name means red and hairy because he had a lot of red hair on him. And, and so he came forth from the womb, and they said, his name is red and hairy. His name is Esau. 
And as he's coming forth from the womb, he comes out and, and his heel is on its way out. And there's a hand on his heel. And they said, oh, look at this. This is a heel holder. So they said his name's going to be Jacob, which means heel holder or supplanter. Look at him trying to gain position. Trying to move Esau out of the way so we can climb on up a little bit further and get out first. Didn't work. <clears throat> Esau came out first. Jacob then came forth and they said one's name is Esau. One's name is, is Jacob. The one who is red and hairy and the other who is a heel holder. Now, Esau was his father's favorite. Jacob was his mother's favorite. Not supposed to have favorites, but Esau was his father's favorite. Jacob was his mother's favorite. One of the reasons why Jacob was his mother's favorite is because it was the Lord who told Rebekah that the elder shall serve the younger. She was watching out for Jacob. She knew there was something special that was going to come from him. And so she was protective of him. Esau was, was the kind of a boy that would make a dad proud. He was a man of the field. Very important to understand the difference in these two children. Esau was a man of the field. He had great skill. He knew his way around the world. Nobody had to really worry about Esau. Because Esau was going to going to be all right he had the skill he had the cunning he had the capacity the capability to do what he needed to do when he needed to do it and so Isaac just appreciated that and Esau fast became his favorite and so as time went on Jacob knew and could perceive that he was not his father's favorite but that it was his mother's favorite his mother groomed him, probably pampered him, probably kind of hovered over him a little bit, kept him as close to home as possible because she said there's something that's going to come from you that you cannot risk damaging or ruining. And there's going to come a moment when you need to act on it. And so Jacob was being basically tutored by his mother, being prepared and groomed for this amazing thing. And the day came when Esau was out in the field hunting. And the Bible says that he came back and he had gained nothing from his hunt. The great hunter found nothing in his hunt. All this skill, all this capacity, all this capability, but nothing to show for it. He had no provision with him because he was that confident in his own craft and in his own skill that there would be no need for a little something extra. Don't need any chips, chips and dip. I got this skill. I got this ability. I've got these capacity. Everybody knows. Dad knows. Esau knows his way around the field. He can spot a bear, a deer, a lion, whatever it was that he needed to hunt, and he could get the kill, prepare the meal. There was absolutely no problem for Esau in that regard. 
And so he comes back one day with nothing to show for his labor, nothing to show for his skill, nothing to show for his ability, and he was about to die. He was so hungry. And when he came back, he found Esau who was making a little bowl of soup. Esau didn't go hunting. He just made a little bowl of soup. Esau, Jacob rather, Esau was so hungry that he said to Jacob, give me soup or I'm going to die. And Jacob said, all right, sure, no problem. You want a regular size or you want a side, a little cup of soup or a bowl of soup? He said, I just want something to eat. And Jacob said, sure. He said, well, that's going to cost you. So what, what is soup going for these days? He said, everything you got. He said, I'll give you soup if you give me your birthright. Ladies and gentlemen, you thought Panera's prices were going up. <laughs> the birthright? You, you just going to, you give me everything you've got coming to you. And, and, and I'll give you a bowl of soup. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this was very significant. And it reveals something about Jacob. Two things. One Jacob is a heel holder. Not just when he was born. He's still a heel holder. He's still trying to move people out of his way so he can gain advantage. But secondly, it shows that he had something Esau did not have. Which was an appreciation for spiritual things. He appreciated the legacy that came to him from his grandfather Abraham. And he said to Esau, I'm gonna, gonna, it's going to cost you, you're going to give me a birthright, I'll give you a bowl of soup. They made the little exchange. Esau eats a bowl of soup for crying out loud. And Jacob walks away with the birthright of Abraham and Isaac. Years pass, time passes, and it's time for Isaac to pass on off the scene. And he's going to bless Esau. And Rebekah said, Jacob, quick. The elder shall serve the younger. Quick, Jacob, come here. Your dad may not see this as clearly as I do. So I'm going to tell you what to do. And she began to teach him how to manipulate his way into a blessing. You can't manipulate your way into the real blessing of the Lord. But she said, I need you to go ahead and, and I've got some venison already prepared. And you're going to put this on a plate. You're going to serve it to your dad. We're going to put hair on your arms and hands so that when he feels you, you're going to feel like, like Esau. And so Jacob walks in and says to his father, he said, I'm here to get my blessing, dad. And Isaac said, I asked for Esau. You sound like Jacob. And Jacob said, well, voice is kind of, you know, allergy season and all kind of, you know, vacillating here and there. So if you wouldn't mind, here, feel my hands, feel my arms, and I'm Esau, you know, and so you just go ahead now and give me the blessing. And Isaac pronounced the blessing of Abraham upon Jacob while Esau is out trying to, trying to kill a deer for the preparation of venison. He comes back with his plate all prepared to Isaac. And Isaac says, wait a minute, weren't you just here? And Esau said, I know I've, I've been out working, killing an animal, bringing it back to prepare a meal. 
And Isaac said, I just blessed somebody who told me they were you. And Esau said, Jacob. First he gets my birthright. Now he gets my blessing. And his final words were this, I'm going to kill him. And he wasn't kidding. He wasn't just going to chase him around. He was going to kill Jacob. Jacob got the hint and he left. That was his cue to move on out. He leaves a a, a series of 20 years unfolds for Jacob. And, And as he works and labors for a man by the name of Laban, as he lays down at a place called Luz that turns into Bethel, where he saw angels ascending and descending upon a ladder, Jacob basically lives his whole life as a heel holder, as a cheater, as a manipulator. But then when the day came that he found that Esau was going to come back home, come back to him, he wanted to meet with him, Jacob was a little nervous. Their last exchange was not that pleasant. He didn't realize that Esau had grown himself was coming in peace. Even though he had 400 men with him, he was coming in peace. Before they met, Jacob said, i got to get a hold of God. He went out into the midnight hour, strolling along the Jabbok River. His past was coming back to haunt him. And Jacob said, there's only one thing I can do to face this kind of a challenge. And he went out strolling the waters of the Jabbok River and he waited for, for a word from the Lord. And he got a little more than a word from the Lord. The Lord visited him in the form of an angel that wrestled him into the muddy waters of the Jabbok River. Wrestled him down, down to the ground. The Bible says that the wrestling match continued all through the night. To the point that, that, that Jacob wrestled until... Until finally the the angel of the Lord touched the hollow of his thigh. Which means that the Lord dislocated his his leg, his hip. That had to hurt. Jacob is hurt so deeply by the Lord. Hurt by the Lord in this wrestling match. And it was necessary that he have it because Jacob was getting ready to receive the real blessing of the Lord. See, if you want the real blessing, you can get the blessing of man any way you want it. Isaac was very perceptive. His his feeling was, was accurate. He felt the hair on his hands and arms. His hearing was accurate. He could hear his voice. He, he, he was able to smell, the Bible says he smelled the food, he tasted the food, he smelled the raiment and he tasted the food. All of his senses were in order except one. And it was his sight. He could not see properly. All you need is for one area of sensitivity to be off in a genuine man of God. And you can deceive him into blessing you. That's why there's some people who have a genuine blessing from men of God. Men of God who will vouch for them. Men of God who will say, this person is the real deal. All that has to be off is one little area of sensitivity. And they can receive a blessing that they don't deserve. But if you want the blessing of God, you're going to have to fight for it. The blessing of the Lord is going to come through struggle. 
through pain, through hardship, through difficulty. It's going to happen through an all-night wrestling match. What a privilege to be able to wrestle with God. What a privilege to be able to, 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 to resist and yet submit to the Lord God of glory. What a privilege that He looks upon us with such, with such favor that He wants to give us something that can only come through a hardship with Him. Jacob had that opportunity and he wrestled, the Bible says, till the breaking of the day until finally the angel of the Lord said, let me go, I pray you. And Jacob said, I will not let you go. Not until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. I didn't fight all night long to leave this struggle without a blessing. You bless me and then I'll let you go. And the angel of the Lord said, what is your name? That was a big question. That was a loaded question. Because Jacob's name meant deceiver. Jacob's name meant robber. Jacob's name meant supplanter. So when he said, what is your name? Jacob was confessing to a life of cheating. He said, my name is Jacob. He said, you are no longer Jacob. You are Israel. For as a prince... As a prince, you have prevailed with God and man. Rebecca, this that's inside of you is bigger than what you think it is. Jacob's nation was called Israel. Esau's nation was called Edom. The Edomites were not going to be as strong as the Israelites. But this was the name of these nations. And I'm preaching this morning to some Rebecca's. Who have inside of you a struggle going on. I don't have to be a prophet to know that there are people that walked into this building this morning with a struggle going on on the inside. You have heard the word. The word of God has been planted in your soul. You have believed promises from God. You have laid claim to those promises. You're holding on to those promises. You're trying to walk by faith and not by sight. And yet there's a struggle going on on the inside. It's deep down. You're walking in and out of church. You're worshiping God with his people. You're doing everything you can to do what's right. You believe you're in the promised lineage of Abraham. You believe something good is about to happen. Something good is on its way. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. But there's a struggle internally. You feel it when you walk out of these doors. You feel it when you're trying to go to sleep at night. You feel it when you wake up in the morning. You feel it when you walk into work. You feel it when you have to go back home from work. You feel it everywhere you go. There's a struggle going on on the inside. And you're wondering if you're in the will of God. And you're wondering if God really knows where you are. And you're wondering if you've changed so much. If things about you have changed so so much that you could never fulfill what God has in mind or in store for you. And God sent me to tell you this morning, there are two nations in you. They're strong. One is stronger than the other. And there's a struggle going on the inside of your soul. There's going to be an elder to serve the younger. That's the way that it should be. 
regardless of what you think or regardless of what you've been told, understand that the elder must serve the younger. Whatever, whatever your plan is in life, don't let that elder brother dominate the younger. Don't let it happen. Because it means something more than just Esau and Jacob. This is bigger than just two boys. These are nations. These are nations inside of you. This is more than just than just little twins trying to feel their way around how to live life. No, 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 no. These are nations vying for position, struggling. First, you have Esau. Every one of us has an Esau in our life that comes from us. And God gave him to us. Esau in us is skilled. Esau in us has capability. Esau in us has abilities. Esau is well-rounded. Esau knows his way around the world. Esau has particular capacity to do really good things. Every person in this building has something you are confident in doing. The Bible says Esau was a man of the field. The field is an interesting place. It's, it's any kind of work you can imagine. That's why we call it the legal field. That's a pretty broad term. Covers everything in law. There's something called the medical field. Because it covers everything in medicine. There's something called the educational field. Field of athletics. What, whatever it is that, that, that you do, it is a field in which you do it. Even in ministry, we call it the harvest field. The reason that we call these particular aspects of work fields is because the overlying and, and underlying, undergirding principle of the field is true in all of them. That is this. If you sow, you shall reap. It's true in any field you can imagine. If you will sow hard work, you will reap the benefit of that hard work. If you sow discipline, you will reap the benefit of that discipline. If you sow integrity, you will reap the benefit of that integrity. doesn't matter what field you're talking about. It's a field. It's a field of labor. It's a field of work. It's a field. And, and be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't ever be afraid to go out into your work and sow the good things that God has put inside of you. Esau is skilled. Esau is capable. Esau is strong. But here's the problem with Esau. He can't be the leader. You can't let him dominate Jacob. Jacob is different. Jacob, Jacob is one who appreciates spiritual things. He appreciates spiritual heritage. He understands that there's something bigger than me on this planet. Jacob is inside of you. It's that part of you that understands, I need God. That's that part of you that understands, I need the blessing of the Lord. I don't want to go another day without the blessing of the Lord in my life. That's Jacob inside of you. There are two nations in you. One is Esau, who was skilled and capable and able to feel his way around the world. The other is Jacob, 
who understands I need my father's heritage. I need the legacy of the Lord in my life. I'm not in this by myself. One generation passeth and another generation cometh, but blessed be the name of the Lord. His truth endureth to all generations. Let me tell you something. The reason you're here this morning is because of Jacob inside of you. Some of you weren't sure you were going to make it. Thank you for coming in spite of those feelings. Because Jacob inside of you said, you need this. You need this. You need this. You need the presence of the Lord. You need the touch of God in your life. You need the blessing. You need the birthright. You need it. God wants to give it to you. That's Jacob talking. There are two nations inside of you. One is skilled. One is capable. One has confidence. Competence. I can do this. I really can do this. And the other is Jacob. That says, I, I need blessing. I need birthright. I need the inheritance that only God can give. I need this in my life. These are two. Now, you got to be careful even with Jacob. Because even that part of you that understands that you need blessing, that you need birthright, that part of you can get unwieldy and begin to manipulate its way into the blessing even of the Lord. Now Esau, you got to be careful with Esau. Esau must serve Jacob. And good luck with that. you got Jacob who makes a bowl of soup when he's hungry you got Esau who goes out and kills some large beast cleans it, guts it, fillets it and, and he comes back home with a big deer wrapped around his shoulder and say enjoy your broccoli cheddar Jacob <laughs> so good luck getting Esau to serve Jacob because Esau thinks he's better than Jacob Esau thinks he's stronger than Jacob. Esau thinks he's tougher than Jacob. Esau thinks Jacob is a mama's boy. Esau thinks that Jacob doesn't have what it takes and that he does. And Esau gets arrogant. There's nothing wrong with having skill. There's, it's a blessing from the Lord to have skill. It's a blessing from the Lord to have ability. It's a blessing from the Lord to have capability. But it must serve the younger. It cannot dominate your life. It cannot be the thing you depend on. Because there will come a day when you're out in that field with nothing but your skill. There will come a day when you're out in that field with nothing but your capacity. And you're going to come up short. You're going to come up short. And you're not going to do like you thought you would. You're not going to perform like you thought you could. And it's not going to happen the way you expected it to happen. And God's not going to provide because he has learned that you don't trust him as the provider. You trust in your own arm for strength. You trust in your own willpower. You trust in your own wit and wisdom. And God said, you're getting ready to find out who is the provider. Can I remind somebody that Jehovah Jireh That means the Lord is my provider. It doesn't matter what skill, what capacity, what education I have. The Lord is my provider. Don't
don't you go out into that field with nothing but your education. Don't go out into that field with nothing but your skill and capability. You go in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You go with a prayer covering. You go in the fear of the Lord. Oh, pastor, I've been doing this 25 years. I know my way around. You don't know where your way around nothing. If God doesn't provide. All you're able to do is if a deer just so happens to walk out in front of you, you know how to take it from there. But it's the Lord who provides. All God has to do is, dear, we're taking a different route today. Because Esau got arrogant. Esau thinks he's doing this. We're about to teach Esau who's doing what. So Esau comes back and says, I don't understand it. I said everything I normally say. I did everything I normally do. I negotiated the way I'm used to negotiating. I applied myself the way I'm used to applying myself. I sowed, I sowed, I sowed. And, 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 and let me tell you something. If you sow without God, you're going to reap without God. You don't want to reap a harvest that God hasn't pruned. You can sow good seed without God and reap a harvest that's also without Him. I don't understand it. I did everything I'm used to doing. I know how to do it. I know what happens next. And it didn't happen the way I thought it would happen. And you're going to come up upon Jacob. And Jacob's going to be sitting there with a smirk and a spoon. Stirring the soup. You want a little something to eat, Esau? I would love something to eat. Because if I don't eat, I'm going to die. And let me tell you something. Your skills will dry up if, you don't, if you're not fed by the presence of the Lord. Your capabilities will go away if you don't feed yourself with the presence of the Lord. You're going to find out that your anointing, your abilities were an anointing. That they came from the Lord. And that they must submit to the Lord. And they must serve the younger. The younger, which is Jacob. That part of you that understands, I need the blessing of the Lord in my life. And Jacob understood that. He understood it so well that he was willing to deceive his way into the blessing of the Lord. You can't do that. The church is filled, not just First Apostolic Church, I'm talking about the kingdom of God. It's filled with people who really want the blessing of the Lord. And so they will do whatever they got to do to get it. And they'll put hair on their arms and hands. And act like something they're not. Just to get the blessing of Isaac. That's why, that's why you meet people. And listen, I'll be the first one to tell you. And let me, let me say this. I want to tell you, if you've ever been hurt by the church, let me apologize. And tell you that it's not God's will for you to be hurt by the church. The church is a place of healing and help for people. God, help you in Jesus' name. Don't mistake Jesus for the people who claim to follow him never let people never let people get in your way of seeing God 
Hallelujah. Because you'll meet a lot of people. You be, if you're in the church long enough, you'll meet a lot of people who look like Esau and who smell like Esau and who serve food that Esau would serve, but they're not Esau. Their hands say one thing, but their voice says another. And your hands need to match your voice. If you're going to use your hands to praise God, then use your mouth to bless others. Hallelujah. Come on, it's, a, it's time for revival of honesty in people. We've got to understand there's only one way to receive the blessing of the Lord. You've got to have an experience with God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, you can't steal it from Esau. You can't find Esau at his most vulnerable and then cheat him out of the birthright. It was always a fair trade. Yeah, a bowl of soup for a birthright. Real fair trade. Found him vulnerable. You can't cheat your way into birthrights. You can't cheat your way into blessings. At some point, Jacob, you're going to have to get real with God. And your mom's not going to be able to be there to bail you out. And your dad's not going to be able to be there to bail you out. And your pastor's not going to be able to be there to bail you out. It's just going to be you, God, and the cold waters of the Jabbok River. Something's going to walk up into your life and scare you so bad that you'll know you need God. Can I preach to somebody this morning? Oh, you think, you listen, there's no time for Pentecost patty cake. There's no, there's no time for pretending to be a Christian. There's no time for fooling everybody into giving you their blessing. You can't just put hair on your hands, hair on your arms, and put on one of Esau's garments and stroll up into the house of God and accept everybody blessing me, blessing me, blessing me, and then, and then expect that to be the equivalent of the blessing of God. Oh, no, 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 no. There's coming something into your life, and it's going to scare you, and you're going to have to get alone with God, and you're going to realize I cannot manipulate my way into the blessing of the Lord I cannot cheat my way into the blessing of the Lord I need God and I need God right now and be ready because when that moment comes it ain't pardon the English it ain't going to be pretty it's going to hurt it's going to hurt real bad and it's going to be God who does the hurting God, you know what he's got to do? He's got to come down into your life and he's got to put out of joint everything you thought was a certain way. He's going to disjoint you where you felt most comfortable and most confident. And you're not going to be able to walk quite right because God just changed. Let him change what you thought was the right way to walk. That's what God's going to do. He's going to change the way you walk. He's going to change the direction you're walking. He's going to get into your path. And he's going to mess with how you walk. And when you get done wrestling with God, you're going to walk the way God wants you to walk. Talk the way God wants you to talk. You see, so far you have accepted the identity of those who have seen what you've done in the past. They call you by a certain name and they pin on you a certain label. 
based on what has happened in your past. I've known him since he was a baby. His name is Jacob and his name will always be Jacob. He's a heel holder. He's a cheater. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. But this wrestling match, all of that's going to change because God's going to tell you who you really are. You're not a cheater and you're not a liar and you're not a deceiver. You're who I want you to be. You are Israel. You are Israel. You're a prince. You're a prince. You're a prince. How you know? Be careful. Be ready. Because the next morning you're going to walk out into the middle of your day and wave at somebody and they're going to say, Hey, Jacob. You just go back to God and say, Am I still Jacob? No, you're still Israel. You're who I want you to be. You're who I want you to be. You're a nation. You, you thought you were so-and-so, such-and-such. You thought that because people called you that. This is what God calls you. You're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Called out of darkness. Ooh, hallelujah. Called out of darkness. My God have mercy. You've been called out. You're not missing out. You've been called out. The Bible speaks of the severity of God. It says the goodness and the severity of God. The scripture says the Lord looked at Israel and said, I have severed you from among the nations. Whew. That's the severity of God. Severing doesn't feel good. But God will cut off the attachment you have to the other nations. And will bring you unto himself. Thank God for the severity of God. When I didn't have the power to see my way out of it. When I didn't have the ability to swim my way through that dark and sinister passage. God brought me out. Let me say it to you again. God brought me out. He brought me out of darkness. He set my feet, hallelujah, upon a rock to stand. He put a song in my soul today. A song of his praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Simon the sorcerer thought that he could manipulate his way into a blessing. He said to Peter as he watched Peter lay hands on people to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He said, give me also this power that whomsoever I lay hands, they would receive the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what you got to understand about Simon the sorcerer. We, we kinda, he kind of gets a bad rap. He was this sorcerer. That's what we call him. Simon the sorcerer. We do that to people. We call them by what they were called before they met Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood. She doesn't have an issue of blood anymore. Hallelujah. The blind man. The demoniac. He's not a demoniac. Why are we calling them by what they once were? 
It's the way we do things. God forbid that's Esau talking. Esau, you need to submit and serve the younger. Let Jacob do the talking. Because Jacob will call him by the new name. If anybody knows what it's like to have your name changed from one thing to another, it's Jacob. His name is Israel. 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 Called out. Brought up. Placed on a rock. Hallelujah. My fair one. My beloved. The rock followed them. And that rock was Christ. Israel, the whole house of Israel, the nation of Israel, hallelujah, the city of our God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Yes, hallelujah. Simon, the Bible says he was a sorcerer who had bewitched the people, posing himself to be some great one. But when Philip descended on Samaria and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the whole city of Samaria began turning to the Lord, being baptized in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Including Simon the sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer, the Bible says, he believed and was baptized. And the reason he saw Peter laying hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost was because he was there as part of the revival so he was trying to let Jacob live he was trying to make Esau serve Jacob Esau and Simon was the ability man to just hold people in the palm of his hand he had this ability to just be a he had charisma but you be careful with your abilities because if you don't submit and submerse them in Jesus Christ they'll become witchcraft Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And anybody who tries to do anything with their ability outside of the power of Christ participates in witchcraft and doesn't know it. But this is what the Apostle Paul said. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Simon had this amazing charisma, and unfortunately he used it like Esau. It was my skill, my ability, my capability, and he used it to bewitch the people, and he posed as some great one, and then the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached. He believed, he repented, was baptized, and the Bible says that now he's looking at Peter, lay hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost, and the Jacob in him wanted to manipulate his way into the anointing of God. Give me also this power. Give me also this power. And Peter said, I perceive that you are in the bond of iniquity, in the gall of bitterness. You know, Peter just read his mail right then that something in your life made you bitter. And you're stuck in the gall of that bitterness. And it has created a bondage of iniquity. You need to repent right now. You need to repent right now. You can't manipulate your way into the anointing of God. There is only one way into the anointing and the blessing of the Lord. And that is to have an experience with God that changes your life forever. Let me remind you that when we call ourselves Pentecostal, and I know that covers a broad array in 2016 of religious expressions, but the reason that we call ourselves Pentecostal is because of what happened on the day of Pentecost. 
when that day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Ladies and gentlemen, you need an experience with God. Could you just lift your hands with me right now? Lord God, I need an experience. Hallelujah. I need an experience. I need a moment in time where I wrestle with you. Some of you are wrestling right now with God. Let God wrestle you. Let God wrestle you. Let God wrestle you. Let Him change the way you walk. Let Him change the way you think. Let Him change the way you see your world. Let God do that. Let God do that. Let God do that. Some of you think you're in the struggle that you'll never escape. The reason is because you're in the grip of God. And no man can shake himself from the grip of God. The Lord said, the angel of the Lord said, let me go. And Jacob said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. That's the attitude you need to have this morning. Some of you are trying to wiggle out of your trials that you're going through right now. Stop trying to wiggle out of your trials. And say, I'm not letting go of this until I receive the blessing I'm supposed to receive. Come on, somebody. I didn't come this far not to be blessed. I didn't fight all night long not to be blessed. I didn't wrestle through pain, through sleepless nights. I didn't wrestle through tear-filled nights just to, just to be broken. No, I'm going to be blessed, blessed, blessed of the Lord. I'm coming through this thing, and I'm going to be better than when I started. I'm going to be stronger than when I started. I'm going to be wiser than when I started. If you believe that, could you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. 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 I wonder if somebody could just... I know maybe that... I know maybe you're trying to find out how to get a hold of the blessing of the Lord. It's the Jacob in you. Thank God for that. Maybe you've got Esau finally submitted. Esau is finally in a place where he understands. He has to serve Jacob. But Jacob's trying to figure out how in the world can I receive the blessing of the Lord. I want somebody just to take all the facade off right now. Everything you put on that thought made you worthy of God's blessing, I want you just to take it off right now. Remove it right now in the name of Jesus. And I want you to step alone into the muddy waters of the Jabbok River and say, God, here I am, just me. And I need you. Come on, I need you, Lord. Just step out into that, into that place where it's just you and God. And let him wrestle you down until he changes your name. What if people called you? That's going to change right now. How have people labeled you? That's going to change right now. How do you think of yourself? That's going to change right now. 
because you're going to leave this place blessed. You're going to leave this place as a prince, a princess. You're going to leave this place, hallelujah, one with God in the name of Jesus. I want somebody to come right now in the name of the Lord. That's it. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody else come. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on. I need a touch from the Lord. I need a brand new touch. I need a brand new touch. I need an experience with God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So lost without you. I know that I would fail alone. I want somebody who's got an internal struggle going on. I want you to come forward right now. That's why I can't be without you. I want love.